Welcome to the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast brought to you by Lake Country Sleep. I'm your host, Erin. I am a boy mom, avid coffee drinker, sleep consultant, and expert in early childhood development and education. I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to this episode of the Coffee and Catnaps podcast. Today, I have a special guest to share her journey coming into motherhood. She'll share a little about her pregnancy, her birth experience, how her birth didn't exactly go as planned, and a little bit about her postpartum time. So, Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. I'm excited to be here. I'm very happy to have you. And just for my listeners to know, um, Nicole was recommended to me by Andrea, the other teammate here at Lake Country Sleep. And they personally know each other and have a great relationship. So I am excited to have you on, Nicole, and just share a little bit more about your story. So why don't you get started by telling us just who you are and what you do right now? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Nicole Pomerlo. I live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. That is actually how Andrew and I know each other. We know each other um, from in person. And um, I have been an online health and wellness coach, partnered with Beachbody for about six years now. And that is kind of my full-time gig from home. Um, I love it. It really brings me a lot of passion to work with women, especially women now in the postpartum season. So I'll get a little bit more into that. I also co-host my own podcast, which is really fun. Uh, My best friend and I have a podcast called Finding the Light that we started just in October. So it's fairly new, but it's brought us a lot of joy. Um, And I, first and foremost, I'm a wife to my husband. We've been married for almost three years together for 13 years. We're high school sweethearts. And a new mom, a new mom. So that is the most um, exciting part of my of my life right now. My son turns one in just oh gosh, like a week or so. Oh my gosh! Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I know it was not an easy road to get no. here. So why don't you kind of get into the details? How was your pregnancy with him? Yeah, so I I actually had a pretty straightforward pregnancy. Um, No sickness. I was very fortunate in that department. Everything just flowed very smoothly in terms of, you know, the actual physical pregnancy. Um, But when it came to learning about pregnancy and birth and the emotional side of it, um, I went into it thinking, I just want to feel the least amount of pain possible. I really feared birth. I was scared. Um, I had this mental block, I guess, of how I would actually get through it. Um, I knew I would, but I was just kind of like, I didn't know a lot about it. And I wasn't um, super educated in that department, I guess. And about halfway through my pregnancy, um, I met with my OB. I'd been seeing, or an OB, I had been seeing my uh, family doctor up until then and everything was going well. And this OB was recommended to me by someone that I I trust and I love. So I went to the appointment, um, very excited uh, with all my questions. And I just left that appointment with a really bad gut feeling. Like something did not sit right in that appointment. I didn't feel connected to her. I felt dismissed. Um, It just, I knew it wasn't right. And I 
I cried my whole way home. I was like almost 20 or just over 20 weeks pregnant. So halfway through and I felt so upset. Um, and I kind of reached out to my support system. I said, you know, something doesn't feel right. And a few people suggested I look into other options. And I really hadn't considered other options up until now. Um, some people said, you know, why don't you check out if you can find a midwife? And so I started to look into that and started to research kind of that direction. And luckily, I was able to land a midwife, um, which it, there is a very long wait list here. So it was like a blessing for sure, a miracle. Um, and then I just started to immerse myself in learning about birth and um, the whole process and, you know, alternative birth um, options and knowing that you have options. And I was feeling very empowered. And I went from fearing birth to actually being excited for it and looking forward to it. And at first we were just going to deliver with a midwife at a hospital, because in my mind, you just always deliver in a hospital. That's the way, you know, birth happens. Um, so that was our first initial plan. But as I started to learn more and really dive into the different birthing options, I felt so drawn to having a home birth. I, you know, was so fascinated by, um, the alternative options and, you know, the, the mother first kind of concept of home birth and how you really, um, just, just all of it and learning all about that kind of alternative option. Um, so something I never thought I would ever do was have a home water birth or plan for a home water birth, but my husband and I were really looking forward to it. And, um, just with, you know, the pandemic and everything, it seemed like a very good option for us. Um, so we eagerly awaited our home birth. Um, I was, I felt like pregnancy was very transformative for me, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I learned so much about myself, so much about, um, you know, how our bodies are really meant to birth babies and, and everything. I found that so fascinating. Um, I did go over. So I went to about 41 and four. Um, I remained very patient. I was definitely ready, but I felt patient and I was ready. Um, you know, I was just at peace with my body. will will bring this baby into the world when it's meant to be. Um, at 41 and four, my midwife did suggest we kind of move things along. So we did a membrane sweep on a Saturday and I quickly went into labor. So I started to feel contractions pretty much on the drive home from my midwife's house. Um, we went home. We were very excited, very ready to meet our baby. And she had said before I left on the Saturday, you know, you're probably going to have this baby on tomorrow. So I'm like, oh my goodness, we're going to have my baby tomorrow. I was so excited. Went home, tried to get some rest. My husband slept. I did not. I had contractions all night long. My doula, incredible. Hire a doula. I highly recommend it. She was amazing. She joined us throughout the night and labored with me. My sister was um, going to be, the plan was to have her photograph the birth. She's a professional photographer. So she joined us as well. So it was very, very special. I loved being at home. I loved laboring at home. Um, and then about 7 a.m., my, uh, my midwife joined us as well. So I had my primary care midwife and a midwife student with her as well. I do love my husband, and my sister. So it was very serene. It was very peaceful. I felt very um, in control. The contractions weren't as, you know, terrifying as I had imagined. I had done all of this work and I was meditating and listening to my birth playlist. And it was just everything I had 
imagined until it seemed to just take forever. We just, it seemed, I could feel that we weren't making progress. We were getting in and out of the pool. We were um, coming upstairs, going back down. I was remaining very calm um, and in my zone and I felt very in control, but I just knew that something wasn't right as in things weren't moving fast enough. And I remember at one point just saying, when do you know you need to push? And they, they just said, you know, and I'm like, well, I, I feel like mentally I'm ready. Like I want to get this kind of show on the road and push. Um, so we kind of did some pushing practices. And um, at one point, and this was like late Sunday night. Now my midwife said, why don't we go upstairs and, and try some different things. So at that point I kind of knew something wasn't right. Like you know, just the, the, her tone, um, and the way they, they were interacting with one another. Um, so we came upstairs to our bedroom and, um, we tried a, a couple of different pushing positions. And at, at this point, I really, I really am giving it my all and, and, and pushing and thinking, I'm going to welcome this baby any minute. Like I'm going to see this baby any minute. Um, I ended up pushing for about three hours. Um, so at this point I've been in labor for almost 24 hours, pushing for three hours, um, trying all different types of positions. And my, my doula is actually like stretching my cervix to try to let manually stretching my cervix to let this baby come through and it is just not happening. And I am starting to feel panicked because they're not really telling me anything, but they're also not, like I just knew, I knew something was up, but they weren't communicating, you know, the baby was fine. I knew that, but like nothing else was being communicated. So, um, about 11 o'clock that night, the midwife said, you know, we're going to give you one more position, um, to try. And if not, I think we need to, to move to a hospital. And I was just like the panic that came over me and the, I was so scared. I just could not, I didn't, no, she was about to say that. I thought, you know, like whatever happens, I'm having my baby at home. Like she, we still have so much more, like I have more to give. We can do this. I was of course exhausted, but in my mind, like I had prepared for a home birth and, and to hear her like admit defeat almost was like, oh my goodness, we're really going to have to go. So I gave that last one. I gave it my all. I gave myself the pep talk. I'm like, Hey, you need this baby needs to come now or else you are going to the hospital. Um, and I, I tried my hardest and I, I pushed with all that I had, but he was not, we did not know this, the gender at the time, but he was not, not coming. So, um, we, we started the vehicle. It was minus 40 Celsius. So just really darn cold here in Canada, middle of the night. Um, and my husband started the vehicle and we got in the vehicle. Luckily I had an emergency bag packed, um, so we got in the vehicle and headed to the hospital. We live in a, in a smaller city outside of our larger city. So we don't have a hospital here. So it was about a 40 minute drive to the hospital. Um, I'm 10 centimeters dilated. Like my body thinks this baby is coming, but it's not. So I'm trying to stop pushing, but everything in my body is pushing. I'm not really sure what's going on because it wasn't really communicated to me. I felt like maybe I could die. Like because of the pain that I felt. Right. Um, so I was very scared at that point. And, um, my husband was driving me. We didn't really know where we were going. It was just the two of us in the car. Um, and that was very scary. That was 
very traumatic and I've had to do a lot of healing from that drive, just not knowing if I would be okay, if the baby would be okay, um, if the baby would be born in the vehicle because my body was pushing. Um, we did get to the hospital and we met our midwives there and the doula there and they drove separately, but we met them there. Luckily, I was able to have those support people there because, you know, it was during the pandemic and everything was kind of crazy, but they were all there, which was amazing. Um, and we got into a room and we saw an OB right away. And uh, I just felt when she walked into the room that like everything was going to be okay. I'm not sure how to explain it, but it just it felt right. And it's so crazy because I started seeing a different OB, of course, but not feeling okay with that. Then being with my midwife, feeling like it was a good decision. And then it didn't work out. And then being with another OB and like, just listening to my gut, I knew, okay, I'm, I'm safe. It's going to be okay. I'm going to meet my baby soon. And she assessed me and gave me two options. She said, you know, we can either try pushing um, and use forceps, um, but I don't think that will be effective. Um, or we can do a C-section. And she said, you know, you're going to see your baby in 30 minutes. You're going to be frozen in five minutes. Um, and I think that if we did go with the pushing and the forceps, you might end up in a C-section anyways. By this point, I was so exhausted, so exhausted. So, um, I, I just opted for the C-section. I knew right away that was what I wanted to do. Um, but it was very scary because in my mind that wasn't happening. Like, I know you always know that, you know, it might not go as planned, but I had spent so much like mental energy focusing on bringing this beautiful home birth to life. And when that didn't play out the way I thought it would, and we had to pivot under such extreme circumstances where I was in so much pain and, and trying to stay positive. And, um, it was just, it was a lot. Um, but I had a really, really beautiful C-section, a beautiful experience. Everyone that was in the room, um, was incredible. The nurses, it was a room full of women. And I remember, uh, one of the midwives, the midwife student looking at me and saying like, look at this room, it's full of women. And you know, I've spent a lot of my life just trying to uplift women and bring women together. So that was a really cool mo moment for me. And everyone, you know, I was so worried the nurses would judge me and say, oh, you tried to have a home birth. Of course, you ended up in the hospital, you know, thinking they had certain beliefs about home births. Um, but no, they, they would come up to me and they would say, we heard what you have been through today. Like, let's, let's meet your baby. And they were so supportive and amazing. So all these feelings I had, all these thoughts I had about what a home birth would be like, or what working with an OB would be like, what having a baby in the hospital would be like, were all kind of flipped on their heads. And I learned so much about, about myself throughout the whole process. And, you know, to just kind of trust my gut, um, when it's telling me things, um, and to, yeah, really lean into that. So it was very, very transformative. <laughs> I love your perspective on that because, you know, when, when you're first pregnant and you finally get to the, you know, you're excited and you start planning for your registry and everything you're going to get for the baby and have at home, then you kind of transition. You, you start focusing more on the birth itself and how you're going to prepare yourself for that and coming up with a birth plan. And everyone says you need a birth plan. And 
here's the thing. <laughs> like, it's good to be educated, but it's, it's not necessarily like something that you should have your mind set on because more often than not, it's not going to go as planned. So yes, you should educate yourself. Um, but I feel that it's really important to come from the perspective of, you know, in your case, the OB didn't feel right at first. So then you looked into midwifery and that felt better at that point in time, but that didn't work. So then you were back at the hospital with an OB and it felt right at that time. And I think the thing that when you were talking and telling your story, the thing that resonated with me the most was that you, you kept saying like, I didn't feel like they were communicating with me. Like in hindsight, like that would be what my birth plan is. Like regardless of who is in the room at any point in time, whether we're at my home or we're at the hospital, I just want to know what's going on so that I can make the best decision for myself and my baby. Like looking back, is that something, I mean, I'm sure it's something you've had to kind of work through, but what have you done to kind of overcome that feeling? Yeah, that's, that is such a good point and something for me to keep in mind if there is like a next time. Um, something that I wish that I would have done more of, and this ties into what you're saying, is advocated for myself a little bit more. Um, I did that really well, you know, when I found that first OB and didn't, didn't think it was a right fit. You know, I found another option and I went with that. But when I felt like I wasn't being maybe communicated to enough, um, I wish I would have spoken up more. Um, and then also something that really bothered me was just having to, my husband having to drive me to the hospital at 10 centimeters dilated. I mean, I could have spoken up and we could have figured out an alternative option, but I did, I did ask about an ambulance and it was kind of, I don't want to say shot down, but in a way it, it was, you know, it was kind of dismissed and, um, not an emergency enough, but it felt like an emergency to me. Right. And I feel like had you been communicated, like, I don't feel an ambulance is necessary because this baby's not going to come out on its own. Mm -hmm. Right. Like right. that's essentially the vibe I'm getting, you know, and if that would have been communicated to you, like that worry probably would have gone away. Right. Right. And you would have been able to ride in the car and it wouldn't have been such a traumatic experience for you. Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, for sure. So it has been, yeah, a lot of healing has had to take place. Yeah. Now, I know that a lot of my listeners will probably relate to, you know, this vision you have in your mind for how you think your birth is going to go and how you want it to go and then what actually happens. Um, what do you want other women to know? Um, well, okay, so I think what you said is, is so important. Like you, you can't expect your birth to go one way and a birth plan can't be so rigid, but I am really glad that I learned what I did about birth because it was very, very transformative for me. And I learned a lot about myself and I feel like I am, you know, a different person because of the things that I went through and the things that I learned. And, um, I still don't fear birth the way that I did when I went into pregnancy, um, because of the, the 
learning that I did and because of what I went through. Um, but you're right. Yeah. You definitely have to, um, you know, be open to all possibilities and be prepared. Um, but knowing that you have options in pregnancy and birth, I think is huge. And knowing that you can advocate for yourself, just because, you know, a doctor or a care provider says something doesn't mean that you have to do that. You know, you, you are in charge of your body. You are the mother, um, you know, best, of course, take, you know, their, their professional experience into account, but you can absolutely advocate for yourself. Yeah. I love that. And I think too, like maybe not thinking of it as being so set in stone, like not necessarily a birth plan, like steps one, two, and three, but what about a, a birth flow chart, right? Like mm-hmm. if this happens, then these are my options or yeah. this is what's going on. Then these are my options. Just, you know, to have communication so that you know what your options are. And then, yeah, exactly what you said, kind of educating yourself in pre- preparation for whatever could happen. So in our case, um, I was planning on, you know, going into the hospital to give birth and, we found out, I don't remember how far along we were, maybe like 36, 35, 36 weeks. We found out um, my first son was breech, tried a bunch of things to get him to flip. Um, aversion did not feel like the right choice for me. So I declined that. Um, and we said, you know, if he's not flipped by the time he needs to be, then we will just do a planned C-section and we'll go in and have a baby. And never in my mind, when I was preparing for birth, did I ever think that a C-section would be on the table? Never. And I'm so thankful that when I did get that news, like, did it break my heart a little bit? Yeah, because that wasn't part of my plan at all. Um, But now it was on the table and I had the, the time and the opportunity to learn more about what that looked like and what that all entailed. I mean, it's major surgery, right? Mm -hmm. So in hindsight, I'm thankful that I had the time to prepare for that because to mentally prepare for that, because had I been laboring for 24 hours, like you were in advance. And then all of a sudden someone's like, okay, we need to have a C-section. My mind would have been like, I never planned for that. And I feel like I would have been in a very similar situation to what you had to go through then because of that. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to learn about all the different options, um, all the different medications, all the different interventions, read a little bit on everything mm-hmm. as well as C-section so that you know what each of those is, entails and you can kind of wrap your head around it. That way, if and when something does come up, you have at least a little bit of knowledge as far as what that is and what you feel is best for your current situation. Right. Totally. And another thing that I want to add is I had done all of this, you know, spiritual work around my body is meant to birth my baby. And I had heard things like your body won't create a baby bigger than your, you know, your body can birth. So I had to do a lot of healing around, okay, my body, you know, my body failed me or I failed at birth because whatever reason he, you know, was just stuck. So 
I want other women to know too, that just because maybe your body didn't give birth naturally, however, that means to you that you didn't give birth or that you are a failure at, you know, birthing your child, you 100% gave birth, no matter how that looked. Right. Yes. I love that. Another great little snippet here. So Nicole, you said you and your friend started a podcast recently. Um, tell me a little bit more about what you guys chat about. Yeah. So my best friend, we've been best friends for 20 years. We grew up across the street from one another. And recently she actually moved to um, the United States. So we're from Canada originally. Um, and that was really hard because we've always been very, very close, like physically and emotionally, obviously. Um, so when she, she moved for medical reasons and her husband also got a job in the state. So when she moved, we decided to start this podcast as a way to keep us connected. So, um, once a week, you know, we get on zoom like you and I now, and we record, we record a podcast episode and sometimes we have guests, sometimes it's just her and I, um, but it's been very, a very healing way for us to come together and stay connected. Um, and we really focus on, um, just honest conversation, much like we're doing here. And we are uh, very big mental health advocates. So a lot of our, our episodes revolve around, you know, guests sharing their stories to do with mental health or um, just their stories in general, the things they've been through. And um, it's, it's been such a cool thing for us to stay connected and for um, we've had so much support and it, it just really has been really amazing. That's so cool. And I'm so glad that you have a platform like that now to, you know, bring other people on to share their stories too. And I'm so glad you were able to share yours today with us. So thank, thank you for joining me. Where can we connect with you online, Nicole? Yeah, for sure. So I'm mostly hanging out on Instagram. Um, my personal Instagram is life W Nicole Pomerlo. So it's like life with Nicole Pomerlo, but life W Nicole Pomerlo. P-O-M-E-R-L-E-A-U. I'm sure you can put that in the show notes. Um, and then our podcast Instagram is finding the light, a podcast. Awesome. Very cool. And make sure you find their podcast on iTunes as well. Follow mm -hmm. along there. Give it a listen. Thank you. Uh, and again, thank you for joining me. To my listeners, if you need any other sleep resources, make sure you head to the Lake Country Sleep website check out the blog, listen to some other podcasts, and we will see you next time. If you found today's episode of the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast helpful, relevant, timely, relatable, we hope that you subscribe to the show, follow along, Leave us a five-star rating and review and share this with your friends. Your ratings and reviews help grow the show so that we can bring this awesome resource to parents ever.